What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the All Things Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez, as always. I hope you guys enjoyed the last episode, which was the Toronto Raptors analysis. A good little breakdown of a few games that I watched. Uh, good, a good handful of games, obviously. Um, obviously, the Freddie Van Vliet episode was before that one. So I hope you guys caught both of those, along with the Donovan Mitchell episode and the Cleveland Cavaliers analysis. All those episodes are really good quick episodes to kind of get an idea of what these teams look like, what they could look like down the line. Uh, but this episode is going to be about uh, my experience watching the recent Milwaukee Bucks Atlanta Hawks game, which happened Monday night uh, on the 14th of November. Uh, this is also going to include some uh, some Kevin Durant news that I saw today, uh, some Ben Simmons news that's Ben Simmons news that's circulating everywhere at the moment. Uh, but without getting too distracted, let's get right into it. So starting off the episode, like I said, this is my reaction to watching the most recent Milwaukee Bucks Atlanta Hawks game, which happened uh, obviously a couple of days ago, Monday night. Uh, just to give you the lineups here, no Chris Middleton, no Drew Holiday, no Pat Connaughton, no Joe Ingles for the Bucks. The starting lineup for the Bucks: Javon Carter, Grayson Allen, uh, Marjan Bochamp, love to see that. Um, obviously Giannis Antetokounmpo and Brooke Lopez, right? For the Hawks, uh, they were missing Bogdan Bogdanovich. That's pretty much it. They had everyone else available in this game. Uh, the Hawks starters, Trey Young, Deontay Murray, DeAndre Hunter, uh, John Collins, and Clint Capella, right? Standard stuff. Nothing really to change with that. Um, unless obviously they swap in Bogdan Bogdanovich uh, when he's healthy. But, um, you know, watching this game, right? It was... It was awesome to see the the energy in this game from both teams, but it quickly started to look like the blowout that it ended up to be, right? And, you know, it was one of those games where Giannis would attack, and Giannis was a beast in this game, but an inefficient one, and I'll get into that stuff. But when Giannis would attack the basket in this game, the Hawks would just foul him and force him to get his points at the free throw line which is a strategy that's common with the Hawks when they play Giannis. He does tend to go to the free throw line a lot against these guys. Uh, it's really the only way to neutralize his aggression. Um, just making sure you don't allow an and one opportunity, which is easier said than done, obviously, you know, stopping Giannis from getting an and one. Uh, but if you're able to successfully force him to actually shoot two free throws, it's probably your best bet, right? The Bucks couldn't shoot tonight, though. And going cold against the Atlanta Hawks is a death sentence, Right, Trey Young and Deontay Murray alone are good for 50 points combined. Right, they each get eight to nine assists as well, which means the offense is being created at a super high clip. You get a good night from DeAndre Hunter, and anything else you get from the Hawks is pretty much a bonus at that point. Games like these are why I was so high on the Hawks before the season started. Right, when we were doing the over under odds, it's just a team that already scored a lot, and you add Deontay Murray who's only going to add more scoring, more playmaking, and improve your defense. It's just too good of a fit for it to not result in a lot of wins, especially more wins than the season before, even if the teams are are better this year, right? Uh, but what I was looking for in this game with the Bucks was to see how they match up against another top team in the East while they're super shorthanded, right? I wanted to see, one, 
if they could beat the Hawks while missing so many key players. That would say a lot about the Hawks not being able to beat them. Um, and two, how big the gap looks without their key players, right? Like how good can these Bucks be while missing so many guys, right? Especially key guys, not just not just some role players here. I mean, they're missing some really key players, um, you know. But they lost to the Hawks, obviously, and they looked as bad as you could imagine. Uh, you know, you could deal with no Chris Middleton, you know, here and there. You can deal with no Drew Holiday once, it, like, here and there. But you take away Middleton, Holiday, Pat Connaughton, and obviously there's still no Joe Ingles uh, due to that ACL recovery. Even Wesley Matthews and Grayson Allen got injured in this game. So it, it was just too much taken away from the Bucks. So I'm just trying to see how they overcome that, right? Can they actually beat uh, a pretty much a fully... A full roster Atlanta Hawks minus Bogdan Bogdanovich, right? But I love what I saw from Marjan Bochamp. And you guys already know, if you've been listeners of this podcast, uh, if you, some of you that are new that might not have listened to the old stuff, you know how much I love the G League Ignite guys. You know, uh, Marjan Bochamp, obviously one of the G League Ignite guys. And when I did my episodes on reasons to watch each team, I talked a little bit about him when I talked about the Bucks. Uh, I did a mini series for any of the new listeners, any of the old listeners that might have missed it. It's a series of reasons to watch each team. And when I talked about the Bucks, I talked about Marjan Bochamp, two-way player. He can get out and run. It's really going to be the shooting consistency for him to keep getting solid playing time uh, because the defense is great. You know, it's it's great for the Bucks, but when you're playing alongside Giannis, if you can't space the floor, you're hurting him in the end, right? Like he needs spacing so that he can make the defense make a decision because Giannis wants to attack, right? And if the defense collapses on him, Giannis is going to kick it out, right? Now, if the defense doesn't collapse, right, and they just keep it man-to-man, he's basically unstoppable, one-on-one with a full head of steam, right, going down the lane. And Atlanta was the first team, this is a fun fact here for you guys, Atlanta was the first team to beat Milwaukee this season, and not only were they the first team to beat the Bucks, they were the first team to beat the Bucks on their home floor, right? So just a good little random fun fact. Um, but Deontay Murray was unstoppable, uh, time and time again, killing the Bucks with the mid-range jumpers, I believe that both of Capella's blocks were on Giannis, but I could be wrong. I know for sure he blocked Giannis uh, once. I know for sure. Uh, Capella, John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, they did a great job of either fouling Giannis to prevent and one opportunities or just altering his shots at the rim, right? Giannis was super aggressive, right, as you love to see him, but just not efficient, right? 38% from the field, 61% from the free throw line, and then... (laughs) 20% 20% from three for the Bucks, right? 20% from three for the Milwaukee Bucks as a team. You combine good rim protection against Giannis along with a poor three-point shooting night from the Bucks, and you understand why this game got out of hand, right? But the Hawks did what they're supposed to do, right? Win a game against a very depleted Bucks roster, right? So that was my game of the night, right? It was a Monday night, obviously, like I said, I've had some things come up outside of this pod that were temporarily taking up some of my time. Uh, so it, it's been a little bit of a gap since the last episode. Uh, but I did want to talk a little bit about this Bucks hawks game. Uh, just my reaction off of this, right? I just wanted to see, you know, how good, how deep this Bucks team is, right? Because we know they're super deep. Uh, but clearly, you know, no Pat Connaughton, no, no Middleton, no no, no, uh, no Drew Holiday, you know, still no Joe Ingles, obviously. You had these guys... 
And man, I mean, the Bucks were still pretty solid. I mean, if they didn't shoot 20%, like if they shot league average, like if they shot 35% in this game from three, this would have been a close game. So that says a lot to me about the Bucks. Um, you know, something to watch out for, really. They're still my team to win it all. I'm, I'm really banking on the Bucks this season, um, and I and I and I did bank on them last season as well. Um, but yeah, I want to get into the next part about this episode, um, which is about the Nets, right? We got some some Nets news, right? Um, and and just before I get into that, right, Jock Vaughn was obviously moved up to be the head coach of the Nets, which I thought was fine uh, when I found out. Obviously, the team hasn't changed much in terms of results. Uh, they literally just got blown out by the Sacramento Kings, 153 to 121, right? But he's not some nobody coach, right, that was moved up to be the head coach of these guys. And I'm not going to get into his credentials or resume or anything like that because this part of the episode is me highlighting one thing related to the net. Well, maybe a couple things related to the Nets, which is pretty wild, right? So if you haven't heard, there was a recent... Kevin Durant exclusive interview with Bleacher Report. Okay, I dropped the link in the show notes for you guys to read the full interview because it's too much for me to read to you guys, honestly. Um, So what I decided to do was just pull out a couple of things, right, without ruining the whole article for you guys, but just pull out a couple of things that Durant said that I found funny and interesting at the same time, right? So here's the quote from the article. So in year 16, Durant says... He takes pride in remaining a top-level player and wants to set an example of how a player can maximize situations that may not be ideal. So he takes pride in being a top-level player and wants to set an example of maximizing situations that aren't ideal. So was KD requesting a trade an example of that? (laughs) I mean, because I thought maximizing situations that aren't ideal and setting an example... Uh, of sticking through tough times, right, um, would be what Steph Curry has done and all other all-time greats that stuck through hard times, right? I don't know. It just didn't really make sense to me, right? Like, he's he's basically saying that he takes pride in remaining a top player in the league and also wants to set an example of how to maximize a situation that's not ideal for you. Um, yeah, requesting a trade is not exactly how you maximize a situation that doesn't work for you, Um because that that basically that basically means that you're going to do the most that you can to turn that situation around. But anyways, uh, the article continues, right? Uh, here, he said the Nets don't measure up with the best in the league on paper, but he hopes to instill confidence into his teammates that they have a legitimate chance against anyone. right? Let, let me let me read that again. He said the Nets don't measure up with the best in the league on paper. And he hopes to instill confidence into his teammates that they have a legitimate chance against anyone. Right? So here's the quote from KD, the one that went viral. Look at our starting lineup. Edmund Sumner, Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris, Nick Claxton, and me. It's not disrespect, but what are you expecting from that group? Durant asked of Bleacher Report. You expect us to win because I'm out there. So if you're watching from that lens... You're expecting us to play well because number seven is out there. (laughs) This is literally what KD said himself, right? So KD hopes to instill confidence in his teammates, but then he names his teammates and asking Bleacher Report what they should expect, (laughs) right? Like, 
as a teammate of anyone, if they name me along with other guys and say, hey, what can you expect of this group? Right? Like, what do you guys expect? I got Victor here. I got, you know, whoever it is, Joey or, or Royce O'Neal. I definitely don't get a boost of confidence from that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if, I mean, if, if he's naming me and saying, what, what, what can we expect from this group? That's not really going to build my confidence, dude. I don't know. I mean, it's just, there's just a lot of contradicting stuff in this interview, in this article. It's just hard to read as a person that genuinely likes KD. And I know I'm in the minority at this point because anyone I talk to about KD just flat out dislikes him for his free agency decisions and everything else. You know, the tweeting and, and just the stuff he comes out and says sometimes. I actually love KD. I think his podcast is really good. If you don't know by now, his podcast is called uh, The ETCs with Kevin Durant. Uh, solid podcast. Uh, I think it's really good. You can learn a lot especially from him on and off the court. Um, but getting back to my point, right? I love KD. And I think that, like most people, he just wants to be liked. Whether he goes out and says he doesn't care about that, um, I think he just wants to be liked. I think that he's one of the smartest players in the NBA. And if you think I'm overrating his basketball IQ, just watch his pods. You know, watch him on other pods where he's a guest on. He's been on many, you know, he's been on just off the top of my head. I'm not really looking at anything. Um, he's been on uh, the JJ Reddick podcast. Um, he's been on the Knuckleheads podcast twice, um, maybe even three times. I think he's been on it twice, though. Um, but I'm just remembering off the top of my head, like I said. But KD is a guy that really studies the game, knows his basketball history, puts his IQ on full display when he's playing. So in my opinion, this interview was just KD trying to silence all the noise around the nets, but it's not going to happen. You know, especially after this Ben Simmons news that I also want to quickly address to you guys. So if you haven't heard about it, uh, there's been a bunch of articles out already. Uh, so here's one, Yahoo Sports. This is the headline. <laughs> ben Simmons' passion for the game reportedly in question by fellow nets, <laughs> right? CBS Sports. Here's the article headline. Nets have building frustration surrounding Ben Simmons' availability and his level of play, <laughs> right? And then here's the last one that I'll give you guys, The Athletic. Here's a headline from The Athletic. Inside the Nets building frustration with Ben Simmons as team looks to emerge from early slump, right? That's just the, the headline. So it's just a chaotic season. The Nets are sitting at 12th place. Six and nine is their record. We're getting all of this stuff I'm talking about, and I haven't even mentioned the ongoing Kyrie stuff on the side, right? Um, it's super early in the season, but this is a very talented era of basketball, especially a talented season in general, like spread out talent. Um, you know, the playoff race is going to be super tight in the East and the West. So even the tanking teams have solid young talent that can catch fire on the right night and beat you. You know, so starting off like this is, is a disaster because... No one's going to take it easy on you guys. You have Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, and Kyrie Irving on the roster. Guys are going to come in here and just go at you 110%, you know? And and you're also going to catch some of those tanking teams with the young players that that want to pop off and make a name for themselves too, you know? So so it, it's it's a hard climb, and, and they're digging themselves in a hole that could be just insurmountable, right? Like they, it's, it could be such a deep hole that they dig themselves in that they're not going to be able to get out of. Right. And, 
And who knows, you know, uh, you're, you're starting to see odds for, you know, KD not being on the team by All-Star break. Like, you, you can kind of see, you know, some rumors, some talks, you know, the, the trade stuff is back. You know, not not anyone requesting a trade, but but the rumors, you know, already people regenerating these fake trades using the trade machines, trying to figure out a way to get KD on their team again. You know, I saw something not long ago. Um, I, I, I didn't I wish I had it on my phone right now, um, but it was somewhere along the lines of like the Lakers trade away Russell Westbrook, their two first round picks um, to Brooklyn, right? The Warriors would give up Draymond Green and Jordan Poole. And basically, long story short, the Lakers would have Draymond, KD, and Ben Simmons, right? And then they give up their two first rounders with Westbrook. Basically, the Nets would get Westbrook, the first rounders from, from the Lakers, and then the Warriors would have Anthony Davis, right? So also, the Lakers would trade Anthony Davis in this fake trade machine I saw uh, today. And so Anthony Davis would end up with the Warriors, and then the Warriors get a first-round pick from the Nets. So it's sorry if it's like a mix, like kind of like a messy explanation of a trade, but basically the teams will look like that, right? Brooklyn ends up with a lot of picks, and Russell Westbrook, um, the Warriors end up with Anthony Davis and a first-round pick from Brooklyn, and then the Lakers end up with Draymond Green, Ben Simmons, and Kevin Durant. So it's like, why would the Lakers trade future picks for old Draymond Green, for Ben Simmons, who clearly now you see a second team potentially wanting to get rid of him, and KD, who's also getting older, you know, and now you don't have Anthony Davis, which I guess to some people that would be a solution because he doesn't even, you know what I mean? Yeah, like he's been much better, but you're always thinking that if he gets hurt, it's over, right? So I don't know. That trade was weird. I actually don't like that trade. I would rather the Lakers just just take what it is and not just give up picks because they made a mistake when they traded for Russ, right? Because it's just a classic mistake that we see all the time. They trade for a player. It doesn't work out. Now they have to give up picks to get rid of that player again. So it's like... It's like a double mistake. It's just it's a, it's a disaster to operate like that. Um, and recently, I don't know if, if anyone knows that, but Rob Palinka was supposedly spotted in an airport uh, boarding a plane to Indiana, right to Indianapolis. And Buddy Heald, in like somewhere around the same time, he tweeted tweeted out like a cryptic message out there, um, and like you know a bunch of rumors are starting to circulate now. Uh, it all seems kind of sketchy. You know, it could be him just meeting in person again, trying to, to, to work out a deal, obviously. Some people are hyped about that. Um, you know, me, you know where I stand. If they trade Russell Westbrook and those picks just to bring back Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, they're going to have to figure out the Miles Turner uh, when the contract expires. They're going to have to figure out Buddy Heald when the contract expires. And how much better are the Lakers with those two guys when you compare them to the top teams in the Eastern Conference? and the top teams in the Western Conference. I've said this many times before. It's starting to be a popular question uh, if you watch ESPN and things like that. Uh, but I was saying this long before. Um, people all over TV and, and wherever else you get the, the information. I've been saying this for a while now. If you trade for Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, how much better 
are the Lakers really going to be? So you're trading future assets, and then eventually you also have to figure out what you're going to do with the Miles Turner expiring contract and then also a Buddy Heald expiring contract. On top of that, you just lost picks, and that doesn't guarantee uh, that they're going to be better than a lot of these other teams in the West anyways. So, you know, just a lot of things to talk about. This was a quick kind of me addressing multiple things at once in this episode. Uh, But yeah, next episode is going to be something similar. Um, I think I'm going to do a round of I told you so's, some apologies, and some let's hold ons, right? I don't know if that's how I want to name the segment, uh, but it's definitely centered around that type of idea, right? Some I told you so's, some apologies, and some let's hold on to that take, right? So so that's going to be the, the theme of the next episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this quick one. Um, this is the All Things Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez, as always, and I'll catch you guys on the next one.